Now, this is a, a time of year where we hear a lot about joy. Um, you probably see joy sometimes on your wrapping paper, or you see it on Christmas ornaments that you have, or you hear it on the radio or hear it on TV. Um, even at the end of the service, we'll sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. But sometimes at Christmas, it can become a, a platitude where we, we, we talk about joy, but we don't really know what joy is. We don't maybe even experience joy within ourselves very often. And I actually think that as we look at our culture, our society in general, that there is a poverty of joy in the present world. And that we see this poverty of joy in many, many different ways. Uh, but here are a few. Uh, one would be looking at the, the rate of overdose deaths. I, I mentioned this um, a couple weeks ago in our worship service when we, we prayed for this, but According to the Harvard School of Public Health, more than 100,000 Americans died from drug overdoses between May 2020 and April 2021, the most ever recorded in a single year. According to another source, fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl deaths, uh, fentanyl death overdoses became the number one cause of death among adults age 18 to 25, 18 to 45. And so you can see from those numbers that that if you're between that age, age 18 to 45, that uh, there's more of a chance of dying of a drug overdose than of dying of COVID, as serious as the pandemic has been. That this is a, a serious problem in our world, and that, that at the, the root underneath it is this poverty of joy that we see in the world, that, that people feel this hole within themselves, this void within themselves, and they're, they're trying to fill that up with something that will give joy in some sort, to some kind of pleasure that can fill this poverty of joy. But of course, it's not just the drug overdose rate, but we see it in suicides as well. Maybe you have friends or family that have committed suicide. According to UC Davis Health, the, the rate of suicide for those age 18 to 24 increased nearly 60% between 2007 and 2018. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC reported that these suicide rates, the suicide rate was the second leading cause of death among people ages 10 to 34 in 2018. And you say, well, that's 2018. That's before the pandemic and all of the, the despair and depression that has come along with this time as well, that we know that it's even higher than that now. And so at the root of both of these pandemics of mental health in our culture, we see this poverty of joy that that people are trying they feel the the lack of joy so they're trying to fill it with substances or they're trying to escape it completely by taking their own life that there is a, a poverty of joy in the present world and so then the the question that we face each and every one of us is how do we find joy real lasting true joy because you need joy, I need joy, that's what sustains us, but where does it come from? And that's what our passage is about today. We're going to look at a passage from the Bible, from the book of John, chapter 15. Now, I don't know, it may not be normal to bring your Bible to a Christmas Eve service, but if you have a Bible with you, you can turn to the book of John, chapter 15, John 15. And this, the passage that I'm going to, to read is 
verse 1 to verse 11. Uh, now, the very end of this passage is printed in your bulletin. That's where we're going to be centering in our time today, but I'm going to read the, the beginning of the chapter as well. And really what we're doing today is wrapping up a series uh, that has been this four-week mini-series here at Hope Church. Uh, we've been looking at the emotions of Jesus. Uh, because as you read the New Testament, Jesus wasn't this cold, emotionless person. That Jesus, as truly God and truly man in one person, experienced the full range of emotion. And so we see that in the New Testament. So the first week we looked at the compassion of Jesus, that he was moved with the feeling of compassion as he looked at the crowds that were like sheep without a shepherd. And then we looked at the surprising righteous anger of Jesus, uh, that Jesus experienced anger yet without sin. We learned lessons from that. And then last week we looked at the sorrow of Jesus, that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, that Jesus wept. But today we're looking at the joy of Jesus, the joy of Jesus. So again, this is John chapter 15, and I'll begin reading in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, He's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would fill up our joy through this text. I pray that you would guide us today as we look at it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So as you look at your Bible, uh, in, or in the bulletin, the verses that are printed there, you'll, you can see in verse 11 that it talks about the joy of Jesus. That, that he talks about my joy. And we know from the New Testament, as I said, that he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief, but he was also this man of great joy. And you can think about the joy of Jesus as something like a subterranean river. Apparently, there are places in the world where rivers can run underground for hundreds of miles. 
And even where I grew up in Colorado, our home um, got its water from an artesian spring because uh, we were in the, the mountains. And I don't know exactly how deep the well was, but I remember just up from us about a half mile. Uh, it was about 20 feet deep. You could look down. There was water down below. And, and so that would provide the water. And it was the best water that I've ever had. <laughs> I didn't appreciate it when that was the only water that I knew as a child. But since leaving, I whenever I think back, that was really good water. But it was it was there. It was flowing underground, just under the surface, this pure water, this pure, sustaining, life-giving water. And that's the way you can think about the joy of Jesus as well. That underneath the surface was this true emotion of joy. And we talked about how he experienced true righteous anger. But under the surface, there was this wellspring, this subterranean river of joy. We know that Jesus experienced sorrow, that he wept. But again, under the surface was this wellspring, this subterranean river of joy. And really, that's the nature of biblical joy. That biblical joy is different from happiness because it's there all the time running under the surface. But there are some times when you are happy in your life, sometimes when you're sad. And we're even told in Scripture to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who are weak, that we're not called to be happy as just this external fleeting emotion all of the time. But that biblical joy in the believer is this underground, subterranean river of joy, of contentment, that it, it runs. And no matter what you're facing, you may be facing the ups of down of life, the downs of life, but yet that, that river of joy can run nonetheless. And, and so you can think of that, that happiness in a way is dependent on your external circumstances, but that your joy is not dependent on your external circumstances, that your joy is fed by another source. And you say, well, where? Where does that kind of joy come from? If I can pull that kind of joy out of a well, show me where that well is so that I can drink of that joy, uh, that not be driven by the ups and downs of my life. Where does it come from? And that's what Jesus tells us in verse 11. Look there again in your Bible. He says, these things I have spoken to you. And these things is probably talking about verses 1 to 10, what I read for you, that Jesus spoke these things, and he spoke them for a purpose. Why did he speak these things? He's, so that my joy, the joy of Jesus, may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That the joy of Jesus Christ himself flows from him, this man of joy, into your life, into your heart. And what it says is that your joy may be full, that your joy, the cup of your joy is filled to the brim and overflows with the joy of Christ. That is what Jesus is doing here. And the way that we experience that, according to Jesus, is through these words that he has spoken. And so very briefly, we're going to look at these words uh, the, the words of verse 10, uh, 1 to 10 in your Bible. So look back first at verse 5, if you have your Bible with you. And if you don't, that's okay, you can, you can listen. Uh, back in verse 5, what I read a moment ago, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me 
and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is saying that, that if you want to experience joy this Christmas, if you want to experience this true lasting joy that isn't dependent on the ups and downs of your circumstances, that the way to that joy is to abide in Christ. And you say, well, what does that mean to abide in Christ? And Jesus gives us an image. He compares it to a vine and the branches. That is, a, a vine grows, the, the moisture, the life-giving sap of the vine flows from the vine into the branches. And I know with grapevines, you can actually take a branch from another vine and graft it in, and it will provide life and moisture and sap to that new vine and sustain it. And Jesus is saying, that's the way it is with me and with you, that I am the vine, you are the branches, that apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. And so the key for, for my life, for my joy to flow from me into you, that you need to be connected to me, you need to be united to me. And the Bible says that the way that we are united to Jesus is by faith. That faith is the, the instrument that unites us to Christ. That we repent of our sins, we trust in Christ alone. And as we are trusting in Jesus, not trusting in ourselves, our own works, our own moral behavior, trusting in Jesus that we are united in this close bond to Jesus so that our sin is counted to him on the cross, that his righteousness is counted to us. And then as we're declared righteous through faith in Christ, that he begins to impart his life to us, that he not only declares us righteous, but he begins to work righteousness within us. He begins to work hope within us, joy within us, that it flows from Jesus, the vine, into us, the branches. But then you say, okay, well, what does that look like then? If I'm United to Christ, how do I then cultivate my joy as one who is united to Jesus? And then Jesus shows us three ways that we abide in him. Uh, look first in your Bible at verse 15. It says that if we are united to Christ by faith, that we abide in his word. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So he's saying that the fruit that we bear isn't how we become united to Christ, that we're united to Christ by faith, by trusting in him alone. But that as we're united to Christ, that, that his life flows to us, that his life becomes ours, that we bear fruit, we bring glory to the Father, and he says that if you abide in me and my word abides in you. And so if you want to bear the fruit of joy this Christmas, if you want to experience that deep abiding joy that isn't dependent on the ups and downs of your circumstances, then you abide in the word of Christ. You read the word of Christ. You know the word of Christ. And beyond just the, the words of Jesus in the Gospels, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the word of God. It is the word of Christ spoken to God's people. And so as we abide in the word of God in scriptures, his word abides in us as we study it and know it and memorize it and understand it, that 
that this joy begins to well up in us, that, that the word of God pours the joy of Christ into our hearts so that we can experience it, which is why it's so important, so crucial to be in the word as believers. So that's the first, that if you're united to Christ by faith, that you abide in the word. But then second, you abide in his love, in the love of Christ. Look at verse 9. Jesus says, As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And so if you want to experience this deep abiding joy, if you want to know the, the joy of Christ as your strength, what Jesus says to do is to abide in the love of Christ. And his love is displayed in this, that he laid down his life for us on the cross. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for another person. And so when we look at Jesus humbling himself by taking a, a human nature, by humbling himself in living a perfect life under the law, humbling himself by going to the cross and bearing the wrath of God against our sins and, and then being exalted to the right hand of the Father, as we see that love poured out for people like you and me as we meditate on that reflect on that, think about the love of Christ daily that, that begins to give this joy overflowing in our hearts to fill up our joy. But then finally today, we've said that we should abide in the word of God, the love of Christ, but we are, if we are united to Christ by faith, we abide in his commandments. Look at verse 10. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So you say, how do you experience joy? It's according to Jesus, he says, keep my commandments and you will abide in my love. Now, this is where sometimes people can go off the rails in understanding what Jesus means. Sometimes people think that obeying the commandments is the way that we're brought into a relationship with God. That if you want to be united to Christ, become a good enough person that Jesus will want to be united to you. But that's not what we see in Scripture, that we are united to Christ when we admit that we haven't kept the commands, that we haven't perfectly obeyed, that we're not worthy in and of ourselves. But as we do that, as then we're, we're united to Christ, the, the response to that is to say, what does God require? What does the response to perfect grace look like? And it's obedience to the, to the word of God, obedience to the commands of God. And so you think about this, that, that when you obey, when you look at what Jesus says and seek to live a life of obedience, you're not doing it to earn God's favor, but you're doing it out of joy. And you're doing it because you know that that will fill up your joy. And if you're feeling a poverty of joy today, then it could be that you have been walking away from the commandments of God in some way, that when we live contrary to what God lays out in the Bible, it causes our joy to dwindle. It causes the, the joy to suffer. But if we, as we seek to, to know the word of God, as we seek to abide in this deep love of Christ, as we abide in the commands of Christ, that Jesus says, I've spoken these things so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So now, though, as we before we pray, we're going to, to think about our last song. Um, and this is where I'll leave you today, that 
That is, we're going to sing joy to the world in just a moment after I pray. And, and look, just look at the words of that, that song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And that's talking about this deep wellspring of joy of Jesus that, that flows. Christ's joy that he gives to us as we are united to him. And then verse 2, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks and hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the joy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that it's this deep flood, this abiding flood of joy that ran under the surface throughout his whole life. And Father, we pray that today we can know and experience this joy, that we can experience it when we're facing death, when we're facing loss, when we're facing all of the different sorrows that life can bring down the pike. We pray that we can know and sense that wellspring of joy. But Lord, we know that it doesn't come from us, that it doesn't come from our circumstances, uh, it, it comes from Jesus Christ alone. And so, Father, today, for anyone who has not repented and trusted in Christ, we pray that this could be the day that they admit that they can't save themselves, that they turn to Jesus uh, as the, the Lord of their life. And, Lord, we, we pray that this could be the first Christmas where somebody is able to appreciate and enjoy the joy of this day, the joy of Christmas, but the true abiding joy and Father, for uh, those who are united to Christ, uh, sometimes we, we struggle with our joy. Our joy can, it feels like it can have ups and downs, Lord. Uh, and so we pray that, that we can see more and more the love of Christ, that we would abide more and more in your word and love your commandments more. And that in us, Father, that you would bring a wellspring of joy that would overflow to our friends and our families and our neighbors. Um, and that it would point to you, that you would be glorified in us. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now please stand if you're able. And we'll conclude today singing Joy to the World.